Oh shit. Here we go again. What's up, ballers? Welcome back. Season two starting here. We got Dougie on the mic. We are going to be introducing the new season. Got a lot of new content coming in. But before we do all that, let's bring in my co-host, who we got on the line with me. What's up, everybody? Jake, back in the fold. It's been a while, but uh, here we go. Season two. What's up, guys? It's Vince. I'm here, too. Ready to get this PGA year started. Let's talk about it, Dougie. And Jibbies, newly acquainted 30-year-old guy on the podcast. Oh. Here he is, season two starting. Can I'm sure he feels like... Champions Tour. Oof, yikes. I mean, I mean, maybe the senior tour, like super <laughs> senior, super senior event. Yeah, so I, I think we had a lot of things to talk about, a lot of exciting stuff. We, we uh, are back here, season two starting. The new PJ Tour season uh, has actually already started. They had their first event last week. With uh, Jakey's boy, Jacko Neiman, getting his first PGA win. First Chilean to win a PGA event. So Pretty huge wild. news there. Huge news there. But what we're really going to do to talk about today is uh, just some projections that we have for the season. Talk about uh, our the player of the year and the rookie of the year. I know I spoke about it on the last episode of season one. But we're going to talk about who won. Uh, we're also going to talk a little bit about the Solheim Cup. And then we're going to have uh, some projections that the three of us are going to make for, for the season coming up. Uh, I know it's exciting. We're, we're really looking forward to it. We've, we've had a couple years of the wraparound season now, but we had our first year last year with the new major schedule. So uh, I think overall it was, it was great. Uh, it was fun to see a major every, every month starting in April. And, uh, and then it finished up, I think, perfect time right before football season started. Uh, but, uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about what we've been up to since we've spoken. I, I know it's been probably a month or so since all three of us have been, uh, on the podcast together. So, uh, Jake, why don't you lead us off and kind of what's, what's been going on in the life of Jake over the last uh, month or so? Yeah. So, um, not a lot of golf, honestly, I, I'm back to work for those of you that listen to the pod, you know, I'm a high school teacher. So the, the year's back and my life is over again. Um, yeah, coaching golf after school for the, for the high school squad and, uh, working on my house when I can. And that, that's really been about it. So got a couple rounds in here or there, not many. And yeah, just kind of hanging on to fall, getting ready for the, the long Philly winter that I'm sure is on the horizon. So that's about it. Vince? I'm sitting here ready for Jake's winter golf, uh, analysis i know he's ready but it's never the heat's not stopping down here me the last month i've been playing once a week uh maybe twice if we play both rounds during the weekend but other than that man just getting older day by day just turn 30 and uh it didn't change the golf game i'm still just i haven't shot anything outside of 80 to 82 in about eight rounds now so trying to break that hump that's all i got really on the golf side nice yeah. yeah you did you did have a nice little little birthday uh we played a couple rounds since then and and i know you've been putting together some pretty solid lower 80 round here Vinny. so you're, you're starting to get a little consistent the uh the 10 handicap is going to be in question for the Ryder cup next year which is uh 
not going to be good if you want to continue your your pretty hot streak in the Ryder Cup. But uh, yeah, so myself, I've been uh, been on the go a lot actually as well. I'm actually sitting in a hotel room in Dallas right now, uh, where it's nice and sunny. And I know it's not nice and sunny in Houston. They got a tropical storm sitting over the city, so I hope everybody's safe. Uh, but I've been playing. Uh, once a month as much as I can in between traveling for work and I actually played in the Houston Am qualifier on Monday at uh, Pine Forest Country Club in uh, in Houston it's kind of out near Katy so a little bit west of downtown first time I'd actually been there I didn't even have time to play a practice round because my schedule has been wild and the greens were fantastic the course was in great shape. I shot a four over 76 and they took the top seven in ties. I finished T two. Uh, and, uh, so is. yeah, playing, playing in the, this Houston city championship for the second time now, uh, next weekend. So not this coming weekend, but the following weekend at, uh, Gus Wortham golf club, which is, uh, a very old golf course in pretty much downtown Houston, just East, uh, that was newly renovated, uh, about a year ago. They, they, they put a lot of money into the course and renovated it. It's very short, 6,400 yards from the tips. So Vince could probably shoot 62 out there. Um, <laughs> it's going to be but, a lot of birdies that weekend. But yes, but you know, but I think Jake said, I don't want to talk too much about it. We'll talk about it after the tournament and how, how I did. But, uh, you know, Jake said, even though it's 6,400, it's not like all those holes are straight. It's like every hole is a dog leg. So you're hitting either hitting driver risk reward over the corner or, you know, you're laying up and, and having, you know, some lengthier shots in. However, I will say the ball striking is trending in a very, very positive direction. I hit uh, a couple, four or five irons to about six to 10 feet um, in the qualifier on Monday. So uh, that was good. It was, it was really windy. I was, I'm working the buttercut though right now. I mean, let me tell you, this thing is falling out of the sky, hitting the green and just staying right there. And it's, it's immaculate. And I also got the big greatest green reader of all time, JR um, on the bag. So, Looking forward to playing in that next weekend, and we will report back um, on the episode after I play in it and let you guys know it's a it's a two day well a three day event. You play Friday Saturday, and then they take the top forty uh, make the cut for Sunday. I think there's 160 players in the field originally, so a pretty hefty cut. But uh, looking forward to playing in it for the second time. Like I said last time, we played a Memorial. Uh, it's still under construction there, so we'll be back at uh, at Gus Wortham next week. I'm trying to figure out. If I can play a practice round with the current weather in Houston, I'm hoping maybe Monday, but I have to go to Oklahoma next week for a couple of days for work. So I don't know. We'll figure it out. But uh, yeah, anyways, with that, let's jump in. So I know we spoke or I spoke a little bit about on the last episode of, of season one about my projections for, for player of the year. There was uh, Xander Shoffley, Matt Kuchar, Brooks Kapka, and Roy McIlroy up for uh, player of the year. In, on the PGA Tour, uh, I actually said on the on the episode that I, I thought either Rory or Brooks deserved to win, and and wouldn't have been upset if either one did. I and I said that uh, you know I think currently it would probably go to Rory just because of recent form, and and I was correct. Rory won uh, PGA Tour Player of the Year over Brooks Kapka. Uh, love to hear Jake your thoughts on it so, or Vinny. Um, and if you thought that was the right decision, uh, and like I said, I, I think it is, but love to hear what you guys are thinking. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll jump in first. I, I gotta go the other way. I, I mean, I won't go as far as to say that it's like com- complete, you know, bullshit. I, I think that, um, it, it, 
it makes sense for Rory to be in the mix for that. I mean, it was really down to two guys, Rory or Brooks, and Rory did a lot this year. But I got to tell you, if you really think about it, what matters in professional golf? And to me, that's really majors. You know, Brooks Kepka, he wins one. That's a big deal. He's, you know, I think, I mean, he top tens pretty much everything, every major. He was only beaten by 40, I think, or no, well, I, I can't remember. I wrote it down now, but it was like, it's like a very low number, like 40 different individuals across however many rounds at the majors this year. So his performance in majors, I mean, Rory doesn't make the cut in the open. Uh, he doesn't really contend anywhere. I mean, he kind of backdoors his way in here or there. So I don't know. I kind of just feel like it's PGA Tour lip service at this point uh, for him to get the the player of the year. You know, he won the PGA Tour's biggest event. So he won the the players, which obviously that's a huge win. But what what is the tour championship really? He beat like 30 guys, you know? Um uh, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's kind of like you have to gauge it out. But to me, it's it's a kind of a slap in the face, I think, for Brooks not to get that. I mean, he won other events this year as well. He perf- outperformed almost everybody in the majors. He was there in every single one. And, you know, we give it to Rory because he has, what, two big money wins? Like, he won a ton of money. And, you know, he, he won the Canadian Open. Cool. Like, that's cool, but I, I just don't. I don't know. I, I kind of think it's it's weak, weak sauce. What what do you think, Vince? I wish I could agree or disagree. I think I'm I'm more in the realm of Doug on this one. I would have liked to have seen either of them win it this year, and and I would have been completely happy about it. Well, you know, I'm a big fan of Rory. Either he starts at the beginning of the year hot, or he starts and finishes hot. Brooks. I would just like him to play like that in every event. Um, I, I know it's not in his, in his mentality, <clears throat> in his mentality to uh, to kind of show all of his cards at just a regular event, but I think he could really he could show a little bit more during the year. You know, um, I can't argue with his performance at a major though. I just. I'm happy Rory won. If it wasn't Rory, it was Brooks. Like, there's just no way around it. Yeah. yeah I think uh, that, uh... Go ahead, Jiggy. No, no, no. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm, I'm looking for stuff. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think... I mean, I know Jake doesn't like this, but he did win the players, which I, I consider is most major. It's it's not a major. Can we fucking <laughs> stop this, dude? <laughs> Um, I will, however, agree with the tour championship. I mean, I, you know, he did play well enough, I guess he was in the, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he was in the top five in the regular season going into the, the FedEx cup playoffs, which always helps of course. And then he played well enough in all of the events to, you know, be within three or four shots of, of the new staggered start on, on the, in East Lake, and, you know, really to, to Justin Thomas, he just didn't play well at all. He had to play like two or three under every round and it was over, but he didn't. So Rory, you know, credit to him, played very well on, on, um, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday at, at East Lake got the win. I agree, Jake, I think, you know, I think a lot of people really don't care about who wins regular events anymore, unless you're like Tiger, where you're winning like six or seven a year. 
Um, and most people just remember who won the majors. Um, and obviously everybody knows that, as you've said, and it's very well documented, Brooks is, is the big game hunter. Um, he finished, you know, top three and two, two majors, well, top three and three majors and won one of them. Um, so, uh, six guys, yeah, I just looked it up. Six guys beat him in majors this year. If you combine all four majors, six which, guys. Beat one, him. one of those is the goat. <laughs> Yes, but again, if we like extrapolated this out, Brooks Kepka's beating them all by a ton, right? I, I, I don't oh, know. No doubt. To, yes, I, I. It's a frustrating thing. It is because you make the point that you make about Rory is really, really good. I mean, when he wins, it feels different. Like I don't know how else to explain it. Like it's almost like he should be doing it all the time because he's right. just so talented. And like we all talk about how good Brooks hits it and drives it. I'm telling you right now, nobody hits it and drives it better than Rory does. But I just don't look at Rory the same way I look at Brooks. I just, I look at Brooks and say, like, that's a guy that is going to, like, will himself to be there at the end. And sometimes he's going to do it and sometimes he's not. Whereas with Rory, I feel like the closer he gets to the end, the more pressure packed it, it like, it, it weighs on him in a way, right? I think back to the Masters the year that Patrick Reed, uh, Reed won and you know, Rory's opening tee shot was like just all nerves. And he literally just rode those nerves through the entire final round. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't have much else to say. I just think that it's kind of a short sighted thing to pick Rory because of what he won this year. I think he just won because of his form at the end of the year, Jake. I agree. I think if the, we had ended the season with a major and Brooks had won it, uh, I think that he wins it. As, he gets the the regular season championship. I agree. I think it's a little uh, a bit of an oversight for them to go ahead and just basically, if you win the tour championship every year, you win the player of the year. But uh, you know, whatever. Uh, season's over. They both had great years. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a little funny that you know they've done it a different way, where Rory was this child prodigy coming out, you know, a little bit like Tiger. Everybody knew who he was. Eighteen, he was scrawny. He was already playing in events, um, and Brooks, you know, went to college. Then he went over to, to Europe, played on the Challenge Tour, did the European Tour for a long time, toned his game, and then when he was ready, came back over to the PGA Tour. Now they're both about the same age and just completely dominating the game in different fashions. So pretty, pretty, uh, pretty interesting there. We'll see, see what happens this year, and it could be, it could very well be the two of them up for Player of the Year again at the end of the year. Who knows? So. Um, I think with that, we'll, we'll jump real quick into the Solheim cup. I know, uh, myself and Jake watched it a little bit more than Vinny did. Uh, however, for those of you that don't know, uh, last weekend, the women's, it's a women's Ryder cup, but they, it's called the Solheim cup was played over at Glen Eagles in Scotland. Um, the U S was the defending holders and, uh, their coach, captain was going for the three peat three in a row and uh the europeans actually ended up winning in amazing fashion it's must watch you can watch the highlights online or probably even watch the full full coverage again they uh, were tied eight to eight going into singles on sunday and it was it's must watch golf so you, if if you haven't already i highly recommend you go back you take a look at the at the highlights uh there was 
The weather sucked all weekend. It was looked miserable out brutal, there. Brutal. Like they, they're playing with scarves on their faces. And I know like uh, Solace from the women's team was playing with like earmuffs on that looked like they were 80 years old, like these big ass earmuffs. Like she's like trying to direct a fighter pilot plane. Um, and <laughs> and it, it's just amazing. I, you know, I will say that I've always loved Lexi Thompson. It looks like she had a little bit of a back injury. So I hope that she's going to recover. But I think I have fallen more in love with Annie Park after watching her play for the last couple of days. Because, wow, let me tell you, she is an absolute smoke. Uh, so uh, it was fun to watch. Really, really great golf. That's my my take on it. Um could have said she was a golfer first. No, no, no. She's a great golfer. She's this great golfer, and she's a smoke. It's like a double threat. She's a double threat. So, uh, Jake, what were your thoughts on it? And Vinny, feel free to chime in as well. I don't know if you saw it or not, but uh, man, what a what a great atmosphere! I, I love the team events. I know all of us do. That's kind of why yeah. we like playing in our Ryder Cup every year because of the the different uh, formats. But wow, what, what some it was some great golf played. Um, yeah, I mean, first of all, you, you kind of like hit the nail on the head, right? Like these team events, they tend to always be like pressure packed and like very tight. And we don't get a lot of that kind of golf, um, team wise on a regular basis. So like watching four ball and watching alternate is, is really interesting. It's really cool, but very rarely do we have one that goes like this deep, deep into singles, um, and is this close, like, to have a putt, one putt, that's going to decide it one way or the other, I, I mean, it just hasn't really been out there in a while. Uh, I can't think of one, it, like, you know, that I watched live, either a Ryder Cup, a Solheim Cup, or, I mean, I don't even think of the President's Cup as anything, but or a President's Cup, like, where it came down to one putt, and that one putt was absolutely 100% going to decide it. I mean, there have been times where like, oh, wow, if this person doesn't make this putt, it's going to be like almost impossible for this team to win. Or if this person makes this putt, like mathematically, you know, the chances of them actually winning go through the roof. But I haven't seen one like, um, you know, having Suzanne Pedersen have this, you know, she has to make it to win and she, if she misses it, they lose. So that was like edgier seat type stuff. And, you know, that's the, the other thing, too, is I think for whatever reason the women's golf game doesn't really get like the pub that it should. I'm not saying that it's ever going to be massive, but they're like so good. And we've talked about on the pod before about how, you know, like an everyday amateurs game is a lot closer to it. The women's game than it is to the pros, the men, uh, the men's. And um, there was just so much that uh, you kind of take away from that this week. And I thought like, you know, there was a, there was some trash talk. There was some drama. There was some. It was all kind of there, and I it, it made it kind of like this really interesting and special thing. And then at the same time, I think that there's a negative, which is I don't know when the governing bodies are going to figure out that they have to pick some better freaking golf courses for these events to go to. Like we had the Ryder Cup at Glen Eagles, and it sucked then. How can we not figure out that this place is like a boring ass golf course before we send another group there to do another team event when there's so many good golf courses where you're looking to hold this event? Like it is insane to me how they end up 
going abroad and picking the same golf course that you could like find smack in the middle of Florida somewhere. I just don't understand that. That to me is fucking crazy. But overall, I thought the event was was awesome, and I was glad that I got to spend so much time with it. Vince, did you check it out at all, or? I honestly did not watch a single shot of the event. Sadly. Yeah. I know, well, I know you guys I mean, were talking about our, it. He was out refining his own game. <laughs> yeah, I, exactly. At the same time, I would not compare my amateur game to their game whatsoever. It's oh, still... I, don't, I don't think it's, <laughs> it's... It's closer. Come on, it's closer. It's, well, think about it. Like They move a, a drivable par 4 for them. They're moving up to like you know, 250, 260. And I'm not saying that that is like the equipment, like it's 250, 260s, it's still not easy to just like smack one up there. But like, you understand the strategy of that a lot more than you understand when they're like, oh, this drivable par four, it's a 320 and they got to carry it, half, you know, the 315 to get it there. Like, we, do, we don't do that, you know what I mean? That, so Actually, I do do that, but it, it's just, I mean, when when was the last time you saw a man hit a hybrid? Like that doesn't happen. The women have I to hit Chaz hybrids. Reedy. And five I saw Chaz Reedy okay, well, a lot of hybrids. <laughs> well, Chez is the fucking man. All right, first of all, <laughs> him and Zach Johnson both. But like, what? Why? Yeah, I, I I agree. I think that. I mean, we've talked about this a lot, but I think that the women's game is a lot like the men's game because it's not. I mean, some of them do overpower the course and they they hit the ball a long way, but. A lot of the women are, you know, hitting it like us. They're hitting 260 out there, and then, you know, they're hitting, they're having to hit long irons into holes, actually, or hitting hybrids or utility clubs, which the men absolutely do not hit unless you're Ches Um mostly because their golf courses are three times as long. But I agree. I think that the women's course, you know, pl- probably plays a similar length to what we play, and it makes for some interesting television. And the Solheim Cup was just absolutely outrageous. So. Uh, kudos to them. Uh, kudos to the Europeans. Go ahead, Jakey. Add, add in. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. I wanted to jump in. I forgot one other little note that I had. I do think one thing that they w- should do, because I think the Solheim Cup is the LPGA's best chance to sort of. It, it's kind of like it's kind of like um, the Women's World Cup, right? Like people don't really care that much about like women's pro soccer generally, but unless you're a women's woman. world. Unless you're a woman, I'm, I, well, I shouldn't even say that. Like some men love it, and no, it's, it has nothing to do with it. It, as a whole, is significantly smaller portion of professional soccer, like women's golf is. Right, and and this is no knock on it either way, because honestly, like those games are great, and people love watching that team, and they get attached to that team, and I got attached. Like I loved watching that, but what you know, if you look at what happens after that. The women's, you know, team goes on. They do they do friendlies. They have these little like matches in major cities, and they do all this stuff. And it it really drums up this like support, and that support extends beyond the uh, women's World Cup. And that's right. like they're they're trying to grow it, right? And I guess is what I'm trying to say. And for women's golf, I think that that's a chance for them to grow it. Like I don't know what you have to do to sort of navigate the Solheim cup to put it in the best possible TV spot you can. I think it was good this year because obviously it comes on before football on an NFL Sunday, but I actually think that this would be one of those things that would benefit more, maybe more than most events from being sort of just finagled and moved in the schedule a little bit more, because if it, if you could find a spot for it where it's not that busy in the sports calendar, 
like it, it could work in the same way. That's just the way that I look at it. But I wrote that note down. And I was thinking about it this week because it was such a great event. I just don't think there was enough eyes on it for a variety of reasons. But if you could get eyes on it, I think it would change people's perception um, kind of of what that what that whole thing's about. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I completely agree. I think that, uh, I think that they do a great job. It was an unbelievable event. And, and it's funny you say that because I was listening to, I can't remember if it was a podcast or if I was reading something the other day from, uh, Bronte law, uh, who's on the women's, uh, the mm-hmm. heroes team. And she was even joking that, uh, she was talking about like a regular event and somebody was asking her something and she's like, Oh yeah, you know, regular event, there's 10 or 15, uh, spectators out there like just joking but even that they have to that they can make that joke is, is kind of sad i agree so um you know hopefully they can get some more support i know obviously the women's game in both soccer and golf that we're talking about is, is struggling a little bit but uh hopefully we can we can figure something out because i agree i think watching the golf women's golf game is as well as more appealing to me than watching women's soccer uh some of that's opinion but um i just think it's more uh, closer correlated to what we're, we're doing on a daily basis uh, as amateurs. But uh, with that, I really don't, I don't have anything else on the Solheim cup. If you guys uh, want to add anything else or you want to move on to yeah. the next subject, I know Jakey, you have a little bit of rapid fire. You want to talk about uh, our thoughts yeah. this upcoming season? Yeah, I figured we, we could, um, you know, I'll, I'll throw out a couple questions and we can make a couple predictions. Um, and I think at the end, uh, we'll do sort of our like our bold prediction, our one like bold prediction for the year. So I figured that would be like a kind of a good way to kind of wrap our uh, our intro to the year and, and kind of set the season off. So I have just a couple um, questions that you guys haven't seen at all. I'll throw them out to you. You can answer, do a little bit of explanation, and I'll add uh, a little bit of my piece on uh, the end as well. So, all right. We got the 2019-2020 wraparound season. Here we go. Some rapid fire, this or that type questions. First of all, we have to go head to head. Wolf or Hovland for the 2019-2020 season. If you had to pick one, Wolf or Hovland for this season as a higher finisher in the FedEx Cup. Hovland. Wolf. Okay, Vince, why did you went Hovland? You went Hovland quick as hell. Tell me why. I well, one, I've recently been reading about his form. I think that he shakes the nerves, and I think he's just gonna be—he's gonna be really good this year. I mean, he's he shot like 16 competitive rounds in a row uh, under 70 in the 60s. So that's from last year that. transitioning to this year. So I think he slid in the top 15 last week too with like a 600 Sunday round. Yeah, yeah. The the guys uh, the guys are freak. Vince's stat was the one that I wrote down because I actually picked Hovland as well, um, wow. just because of those those numbers. Like you, that many rounds in the '60s to start your career. That's freaking crazy shit. And I also I can't believe that when I read that I realized that he still had to go through like Corn Ferry Finals to get to the tour, even though he was shooting those yep. numbers. I mean, that's just insane. Doug, you you want to do anything? You want to tell me a little bit more about your wolf pick, or did you just go to the other side? Well, no, I mean I think they're both unbelievable. I can't, I couldn't really pick one or the other, but yeah, Vince went with Hovland. I went with Wolf. I think it's going to be interesting. 
dynamic between the two of them along with more this year but uh yeah i mean i've got a little bit of a hitch in my swing like maddie wolf so i'm gonna go with wolf okay the personal comparison wait jake what (laughs) other rookies do you have on your radar for the year your boy Akshay uh, is making his appearance this week. Well, yeah, I had Akshay on there. Um, you know, this this rookie crop is going to be a little bit different because I think you're going to have a lot of guys sort of emerge from that. Like, so good. That that Corn Fairy group is going to be oh, man. really good. And then you've got, you know, some of these other, this other crew, so to speak, as well. You're going to have some some really, really good ones. I, I, I didn't actually write down a lot of names for rookie of the year because I – I didn't have time to like research the um, the entire corn fairy list yet, but I think that we can hold that one off for like a week or two because like there's a lot of really good names and it's not just these college players coming up. So I think we'll have we'll be able to do a larger segment on like who we should watch out for that's kind of under the radar uh, coming up. All right, so let's see here. All right, if you had to pick. This is um, about majors here. A surprise major winner. Okay, this could be someone who's either repeating or winning for the first time, but it's kind of a surprise. Who would it be and at what major? Oh, it'd be Chez at the Masters. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you right now. That would be all time. Chez at the Masters. Holy wow. shit. Wow. I mean, you said think surprise. He's slipping the jacket on and he's wearing that big hat, that big dome. Looks like a train conductor. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just the first to thing that came to my brain. Oh, Real quick, oh, again, wow. Vince is like fast out of the gate. I'll remind you of the major venues. So the, the first uh, major of the year takes place at Augusta National. Don't know if you guys have ever heard of that one. Um, <laughs> Tiger Repeat. Then we, to, then we go to Wingfoot for the U.S. Open. Or sorry, wait, sick. the the PGA is in there. Sorry, um, and the so actually it's PGA at Harding Park, then U.S. Open at Wingfoot, and then the British Open is at Royal St. George's. So those are your where's Harding Park? Harding Park. They they played the um, the match play there one year. It's in San Francisco. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's gonna be sick. There's also uh, this is off topic, but there's an event at, at LA Country Club this year too. And I don't know if anybody's looked at that Ooh. course, but that place is sick. That place is amazing. <laughs> um, oh, you forgot uh, the Players Championship too. That was a major, but I'll I'll correct you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, Jake, who do you want? I, I, before I got to think about this. this. Is tough. So if I'm going. Uh, like a surprise guy, like um, someone that could do it, but I think is sort of like forgotten about. I actually think that Adam Scott is going to win a major next year. Fuck him. He was playing well at the end of the year this year. He had his best uh, season statistically. I was looking at strokes gained. That's because he anchors uh, his putter. (laughs) Oh my God. Um, he does kind of anchor. Yeah. Well, you know, there, there, let's, I don't want to go back to Solheim Cup. There was some very, oh, yeah, no, it's bad. Long putter action at the uh, Solheim Cup. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to go Adam Scott, and he will win 
at Harding Park. So he'll win the PGA. That would be my bold, my like my not my bold, my surprise major winner situation. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead out on the limb, and I'm gonna say that either Matt Wolf or Morikawa is gonna win a major this year. I don't know wow. which one. I, not the Masters because Tiger's gonna win it again, but one of the other three. I'd love to see Morikawa win a major this early. Oh, I would love to see any of them uh, win a major. Like, I feel like that would be, that would have a, a feel to it, a certain feel to, um, to that win. Like it would feel a lot more. We always talk about like, who's the next guy that would really give you, um, that, that feeling. I think with that happening so soon. All right. Um, let's see, let's see here. I'm trying to think of, I wrote down so many, I'm trying to pick good ones. Um, Okay. This is a do you give a shit or not question. So there's no you, you're just gonna fall on one side or the other. <laughs> the PGA Tour starting this week has um, actually starting last week with Neiman's win at the military, whatever military tribute at the Greenbrier Heavyweight Championship of the World. Um, the course driver, does look pretty cool though. Uh, the old old white is a great course, yeah, for sure. Um, driver testing. So they just started doing driver testing. Do you think this is a good idea? Do you think it should be expanded? Um, what? First of all, I should actually say, do you guys know exactly how they're doing this, or do you want me to explain a little yeah, bit? They're picking about a little bit less than a quarter of the field every event, right? They picked like 30 guys out of 160. Yeah, so um, basically if you have... If you have your tour card for the year, you're going to get tested at some point. They haven't told you when. And the number that they're taking per week varies. But yes, essentially what you said is sort of on the right lines, Vince. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I Okay. I wouldn't say I give a shit either. And the only reason I know this is speaking with a, a few people who have had clubs, you know, tailored at a tour truck. Um, they're not at their hottest point right when they get configured or like at the beginning of the event, which I think is when they do the testing. Yeah. From my understanding is that they can go past threshold when they get used during the event. So So, so therefore I don't give a shit. Wow. I give a ton of shits about this. Actually. I give all the shits. I I think that why I think, yeah, man. I think I think that um, you, sh- you every driver should be tested every week. It takes them thirty seconds per driver to test this. Test every driver every week, and if you start seeing these things come up as failures, because right now the current policy is they give you it's basically like a, a stoplight system. Green light means your driver's good to go. Yellow light means that your driver falls into like this gray area where the test could be wrong, essentially. Like it's a, uh, like a, yeah, that's all I can think of is gray area. There's another word. And then red is your driver has failed. Okay. To me, and then they don't test it again. So they test it one time and then you're, you, you're good to go. You either switch your driver or whatever. To me, every, just test every driver every week. I and if you want to re- test it before every round. Every driver, every week, before every round. 
because it's it's essentially the same thing as like doping it's just technology doping it's not you know taking performance enhancing drugs so yeah that's my take i don't disagree with that logic at all i'm not the reason i would say that i don't give a shit is because i know that they're not doing it in a way that's going to prevent a large majority of the field from having a driver that's non-conforming uh, because of how they're doing it. If they're going to just, all right, you're, you're walking up to the T-box, you're getting your cards, your sign, you know, everything, uh, test right there. You don't have to worry about going to every person. Uh, obviously, there's mm-hmm. a little there's a little problem if you test right before they're going to tee off. Obviously, they have to get a conforming club after that. Uh, well, I don't think you should do it the second before they tee off. No, but yeah, correct. No, but you... like, even if they're on the range, I just how do you mark a a driver that's passed with like a sticker that's signed by an official uh, on the shaft? I, you know, kind of one of those things. Yeah, no, no. I, I, I just I'm with you. I just think that, um, yeah, you and and honestly, they should do this testing, and then in the in the future, you know. I say even test, start testing three woods, you know, because we know that they currently don't have like limit rules on three woods. So these guys are getting like 13 degree three woods that have the, you know, just the absolutely insanely thin faces and they're hitting them almost as far as their driver in some cases. So look, I, that's just my thing. I, that's my, my take on that one. You guys can go either way, but I wouldn't want to be getting cheated out of shit because somebody's got a hotter driver than me. That would be annoying. Lord um, knows I need the hottest driver on tour, so. Yeah, we. you know what? When they get rid of the failed drivers, dude, we should find one and buy it for you. That's a great idea. <laughs> get you the mega hot driver. All right, uh, I got, I got like, let's say, let's go two more, two more. Um, will Phil Mickelson make this year's Ryder Cup team? Why or why not? No. Because he sucks. <laughs> Vince? Uh, I don't think so. There's there's some really good young people. and Phil, Not even as a captain's pick. No. Nope. He's not He'll showing, he's as not as showing as anything right now. To be a captain. If he comes out and wins two events at the beginning of the year, maybe. Maybe I'll say maybe at that point in time. Well, if he wins two okay. events at the beginning of the year, he's in automatically. But he's he, he is not going to get in. He will be the only reason he's in on the team is because he is a captain or like a vice captain. Okay, uh, I'm actually going to agree with you. I think that the the streak finally ends. I don't think he's going to play well enough, and I don't. I think his performance in France showed why you can't have him at this point in his career. Like you can't have a guy that's, you know, like fucking around and like duck hooking four irons into ponds and shit. Like it just can't happen anymore. Um, And he doesn't bring enough to it at this point. So that's where I'm going on that as well. All right, here we go. Last one. I hope I've given you enough time to kind of consider this as we've gone. Your bold prediction for the year. This can be anything that you think is sort of bold, outside the box. Um, yeah, anything at all. I'll go first. Matt Kuchar will be in the news again for something stupid. Oh, my God. That doesn't sound like a bold prediction yeah, no. at all. 
Sounds well, like he likes it. Either that or Tiger wins the Masters again, which isn't bold because it's going to be true. So, oh, um, my God. <laughs> Actually, uh, I'll give you Tiger winning the Masters as a bold prediction because I think that last year's Masters was his last major win. So, I, I will give you that one if you want it. Uh, I'll, how about I'll add – well, it's not a bold prediction. Tiger's going to pick himself for the uh, President's Cup, but I think – my bold prediction is he makes the cut at all four majors next year. Oh, that, I like that one. I like that one. All right, Tiger makes the cut at all four majors. All right. I don't know. Vince, what do you got? I don't know if he can commit to... Well, isn't the major schedule this year is a little different, right? The two of them no, are really the close to each other? Well, I mean, it's the same it's, like as the PGA to the British or the U.S. Open to the British, whatever it is. It's like three weeks away from each other. Right. I don't know. I don't think Tiger's going to play enough golf in that time. I mean, we'll I, see. I agree with that. I mean, he's only going to play like 10 events again next year. Hmm. Unless he finally wakes up and realizes that, hey, I actually played some decent golf in, in 2018 because I played 17 events. I'm trying to think of what what a wise, bold prediction would be. Jake, what are you thinking while while Vince thinks about it? Yeah, yeah, I'll let Vince chew on it for a sec. Um, my bold prediction for the year is that Jordan Spieth will be in the top fifty in driving. And ball striking oh. this year. The guys, Spieth been doing his homework, or has Jake been doing his homework? Um, I think the Rosie hits <laughs> number one in the world rankings again this year. Is like, that bold? What's what's he at right now? No, but he like he didn't even four, have, he didn't five? have he didn't have one win this year, did he? That's probably the I think world he, rankings though. He did actually win in, in a, the fall. They win in Hawaii. He did. No, he won the Farmers Insurance at Torrey Pines in January. Oh. oh right, I completely right. forgot about, about that. And that's when he went one to number one, I think. All right, who who wins? Uh, who wins the the regular season for the FedEx Cup? Not the Tour Championship because I don't give a shit about the stupid ten shot starting rule. But who wins the regular season? Cooch. Regular season winner. Yep. What did you say, Vince? Cooch. Cooch. Oh my God, God. Vince went Coocher. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to say JT. Wow, I like it. Okay. I'm going to go Xander. Oh, welcome to the Xander zone. I love Xander, bro. Big, big Xander guy. Dude, I, I didn't know if this was a bold prediction because I felt like these guys have hovered, but I said that either – I had written down either Xander or Tony Finau would win a major this year. I would so, like to see Tony win. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd be good with that. Yeah. All right, I think that's all I had. Oh, actually, I have one. This is uh, now we're out of order because I didn't see this one. Do you have a non-major event that you're really looking forward to? I mean, is it is it hard to say that everybody's looking forward to the players again? Players, okay. I know which <laughs> one. Because it's another major. <laughs> it's, it's, it's basically a major. <laughs> I think. Uh, wow. Well, I'm excited that the Houston there's an event back in Houston, which is in like three weeks. 
so we can see I golf put again. That. That's what I wrote down. I'm excited that, about that one. I'm not as excited because it's not at the new course. I think next year, yeah, it's not be, open. I will be extremely excited. I wrote it down because I can't wait for you guys to send me merch with that new logo. Dope. Yeah, it's pretty dope. It's yeah, the logo is sick. So, yeah, I was pumped about that. But that's all I got. That's all I got. Those are my rapid fires for the day. I like it. I like it. I am excited for the American Express Open, which is at the course in L.A., which is going to be sick. That's in January, yeah, right after Hawaii. So uh, that'll be a good one. What uh, what we got on the books for this weekend, fellas? Uh, books for this weekend. I'm gonna. I might try to play. I don't know. I'm gonna see next weekend. I actually might go to Pine Valley for the Crump Cup, though. What? So, That'd be sick. Yeah, Pine Valley. One weekend a year is open to the public to go watch this little tournament called the Crump Cup. Uh, it's an AM tournament, and uh, I've tried to go the last two years, and it's like poured rain, so I decided not to. But it, forecasts, early forecasts are looking good, so might be going heading out to the. Uh, you know, the, the the holy place to go check out uh, PV. That's awesome. That's sick. If you do, you got to get something for us if you're allowed in the pro shop. Yeah, I don't know what merch looks like at this thing, but if if so, I will. That's sick, sick, sick. Benny, what do you got going on this weekend? I know you're you're in town. I'm in town. I'm playing Saturday morning. Uh, not, not at Wildcat weather pending. Playing uh, the Cypress Traditions course. I uh, have not played out there. Apparently, it's a really nice course uh, in spring up near the airport. Um, get really early morning yeah, round as long one. as it's nice and remotely dry. We have a tropical storm that's going to dump, apparently, 7 to 10 inches of rain by Thursday morning. So, Wow. <laughs> no guarantees. If yeah, not, I'm going to have a few uh, beers and watch some football. It, it's a good course if it's in good shape. If if. And it's not going to be dry. It's going to be wet. So, yeah. So have fun. What about you, Doug? Uh, so I'm actually headed to Austin because it's kind of a going away party for my sister and her boyfriend Jeff. They're moving to North Carolina in a couple weeks. So uh, we're actually next two weekends from now. So I'm not playing at all. I'm going to try to play Monday at Gus to get a practice round for next week's event, but. I may be flying blind into this event next weekend, so uh, we'll see. Uh, I hope not, but that may be the way it works out. I don't know. That's life. So we got nothing on the books uh, as of right now. So we'll we'll, we'll report back next week uh, or the following week when we get episode two out. But we appreciate everybody stopping by for for episode one. Make sure you guys follow us on Instagram if you aren't already at the Breakfast Ball Pod, all one word. We're going to try our best to get some more content out on a more regular basis. And we're looking forward to season number two here. Vinny, why don't you close us out? Absolutely. Season two is kicking off. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, if you're going out to knock it around this weekend, don't forget to hit your breakfast ball. Thanks again.